This episode of Squib Kicks is brought to you by MyCamp Solutions. For all your business payment processing needs, they have your payment solution. Over 25,000 clients worldwide, including World Series of Poker, Venetian Resorts, and right here at the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. That's MyCamp Solutions for all your payment processing needs. Go to MyCamp.com, M-I-Camp.com. Welcome back to Squid Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. This is episode 11. I am Eric Rhodes, my co-host Ben Schulich. Ben, 11 episodes in, man. 11 episodes in. A producer's note, this is actually episode 12. This is our, I guess you could maybe say this is the beginning of season two. Yeah. Of the podcast. (laughs) We got renewed. Yeah. By ourselves. We've upgraded. We're in our podcast studio. For the first time, we're, we are indeed. I'm using some new toys here. And, yeah, and, we've got a laugh track, so I can just think I'm funny, even if I'm not. And they agree. It's gonna make me so happy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Then we get to put the one of my kids just rolling their eyes somehow. <laughs> right. So even all that out, uh, we are back after a short summer hiatus. Uh, excited to have a great guest today. We always have great guests. Ben always lines up so phenomenal people to talk sports with us. Today we're going to hear from Brett Farah, uh, sports editor of the Arizona Daily Star, our local paper here, who, man, he uh, started a new gig at that job in June and just, you know, opened up the fire hose and welcome to sports here yeah, in Tucson awesome, with awesome. Le- uh, with realignment. Arizona definitely at the forefront of all of that. So he had just so much to write about. Um, so we're going to hear from Brett. He was awesome. Yeah, and football season is here. It's Today is Monday, August 21st, and we are at week zero of the season. Uh, Eric, you were at the Mountain West in Mac Media Days. You give us a little recap yeah, about that later I, on, huh? I was I had some, uh, some great times. We were in Las Vegas with the Mountain West. Uh, they announced there that San Diego State would be returning to the Mountain West after, you know, some shenanigans there. And who would have known that that would be like the least news of realignment uh, that they were sticking around uh, the day before the Pac-12 hit Vegas as well. Uh, and then I was off from Las Vegas to Detroit to meet with the Mid-American in the historic Fox Theater in Detroit. Man, what a beautiful, beautiful venue for that day. I saw Jerry Seinfeld in concert there. Did you? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. It was so cool. I mean... I, I geeked out a little bit and got a tour from a guy who'd worked there from 25 years. I, I mean, everything from a hand-cranked elevator to the, the detail that went into that place. Um, and then it was just really fun to kind of to combine the culture of a place like that with the excitement of football. Because, you know, as, as football junkies, when we get a break, anytime you get to kind of restart to think and you're restarting your engines and going, oh, my gosh, it's almost time. Just that excitement is in the air. And, uh, you know, they have – Two players or three players from each team, the head coach from each team. Got to, a great chance to coach uh, to talk with Coach McElwain from Central Michigan about his time here. Couldn't say enough great things. Uh, so exciting to be there with them. And then, you know, preview then who might be here with us in December. So uh, that was the precursor. Um, now we're, we're getting another ready for the main course. Absolutely, yeah. And... and- Speaking about who might be with us, uh, one of the projections that we sh- we shared in our group chat this morning was San Diego State uh, coming to the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, and 
they're playing this weekend against a team that played in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl last year at Ohio. Our defending champion, yeah. Uh, myself and Del Arvio from our staff are going to go out to San Diego and uh, mix it up with our two conferences. There's usually a game every year where they play each other. Man, this is a great one. It's week zero, so I think there's six total games on the slate, so you know football junkies are going to be watching this thing. Um, really excited to see how Ohio follows up You know their dramatic win here in Tucson, uh, a championship trophy, a championship season, historic season for them. Um, and they get their quarterback back. Yeah. You know, I mean, the quarterback was here, MVP of the game, did a great job. But, you know, now Curtis is back. Uh, you know, he had all kinds of pre – he's the preseason player of the year in the MAC. Um, so – and then on the flip side, San Diego State at home. That's a great stadium, great place to play. Uh, you know, they, they with all the realignment stuff, might be trying to prove something to some folks and say how attractive their brand yeah, is. Yeah, they might so. have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Do you, yeah. are, do you and Dell have your red jackets ready to go? <laughs> we were actually talking about that because, you know, our colors, our main colors here at the bowl are sort of red, blue, and black. Uh, San Diego State being red and black. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're kind of, man, how do we do this so we're not looking pro one team over another team? <laughs> you know, making sure we kind of make our way around to, uh, to talk. I have an idea for you. You're a big Christmas guy. Red blazer, green pants. Done. And, the, and like, I don't have green pants. Of course I do. <laughs> um, and I'll just start my countdown to Christmas, which is something you guys don't need to worry about. But uh, yeah, so it'll be fun. We'll, we'll make sure we post some pictures on our social media from there. But we love our conference. With all the conference realignment, it's been crazy. Maybe our conferences, our two conference partners, have been the most steady <laughs> through all of it. Um, so very excited to see them. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we also have some other exciting news to talk about that we just announced today. This is your world. Ben runs our, our kickoff luncheon here, and it's always a phenomenal event. We had Rob Gronkowski last year. About 1,000 people attended. Uh, immediately, like that day, we were going, how do you top Gronk? Um, so if you've got an offensive weapon, what do you bring? You bring in the defense, right? So. We are thrilled to announce we're bringing in one of the great linebackers of the New England Patriots and, of course, uh, you know, a two-time All-American here in Arizona, Teddy Bruschi. I'm going to throw back with some Bruskis. Uh, here for our kickoff luncheon will be our featured guest, uh, of course, the 2023 kickoff luncheon presented by My Camp Solutions. It's always a great time. Ben, this is your baby, so tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's the annual kickoff luncheon that, you know, it's really our first event that gets – our community fired up and in the uh, the bowl mode. You know, the bowl's just going to be around the corner when that event occurs. So, yeah, we do a fireside chat with with Teddy, and and he's also going to be the recipient of the Dick Tomey Arizona Strong Award. Uh, we're also giving out the um, the Heather and, and John Volpe Tucson Strong Award to the Flores family. They've been such big supporters of the bowl in everything that we do uh, since day one. So we're excited to to honor them. Um, so yeah, we went on sale this morning. Uh, seats are, are already moving. So go to Arizona Wildcat. That's uh, <laughs> still in my brain. Go to <laughs> thearizonabowl.com to purchase your seats today. Yeah, Ben does a great job with our website. It's all self-explanatory, really user-friendly. Um, you can get a table for 10, you can get individual seating, but bring your friends. It's, it's a fun event. We do some wonderful things. Jake and Brittany Cagle over at Nova Financial uh, provide us with some sponsorship goodies. So you're going to walk away with something that lights up, flashes, and is cool. That uh, you're going to be one of the cool kids on the block when you walk out of there. You're having something uh, everybody else wishes they did. 
We, we also have a, a you know usually have a great raffle, uh, a 50-50 raffle. Last year, we gave um, I think the the pot was eighteen thousand dollars, <laughs> so we gave nine thousand dollars to a um, to a, a an attendee, and the rest of it went to Positive Coaches Alliance in the in, for the Dick Tomey Fund. Uh, so a lot of great things happening on uh, October 12th. And then uh, Ben's also bearing the lead. If you are a raffle fan, our Blue Blazers committee does an amazing job putting together some of the top raffle items uh, of any event here in Southern Arizona uh, that will be raffled off. You can win that day. Uh, of course, we will we'll auction off uh, some Teddy Bruschi gear. And then we'll have a surprise NFL. We'll have a surprise NFL guest who's going to donate us some signed stuff as well that uh, we'll just say might be your first first chance before he comes back from his position at a back and his name rhymes with Dijon. <laughs> um, that you can get some signed gear there from uh, uh, only at the luncheon though. So yep. you can only win if you're present. That's right. That's right. Make your uh, reservation now. Go to the website, ArizonaBowl.com. All right, those are all the exciting things that are happening in our world. Uh, we're going to hear from Brett Farah, the Daily Star, who's going to talk about all the things happening in the sports journalism world right after this. Welcome back to Squib Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast on the cast today. On the pod, as they say in our world. How exciting. We're fancy. We're on the pod today. Uh, none other than Brett Farah, sports editor of our local uh, Arizona Daily Star. I was going to say rag, but that might be like insulting. Uh, not <laughs> if you've been in the business, it's not. I mean, it is. It is the rag. It's the. Uh it's the old, the old dead tree that shows up on the porch sometimes. But we got new stuff, too, so it's not uh, just that. I love that. that. Um, he's fairly new to that position specifically just this past June. Prior to that was the newsroom product development manager at the Star. Uh, was at the U of A for many years as director of student media. A lot of journalism experience across kind of all of Arizona. So just a thrill to have you here, Brett. Yeah, thanks, thanks for everything. No, it's a thrill to be here. I'm very excited. I appreciate it. And uh I'm, I'm excited to talk talk some sports anytime, any day, anytime. So. Yeah, so we're coming to you from our brand new podcast room and our new offices, the Mothership, uh, now here on 100 South Church. It's not a podcast Tucson, room, it's a studio. It's a studio. It's a high-end, Ooh. technologically sound studio, right? I don't know. We might paint one of the walls green, go green screen, and then it's like a an all, all sort of media room. <laughs> But we're not the only ones who moved. You guys are in some new digs yep. uh, fairly recently. Over, are you hitting up Top Golf? They're neighbors with Top Golf. So we've got two two locations. One is actually block away from here. We're, so other side of I ten, right off Congress. So right near the the Mercado San Agustin. And then the other one is our warehouse facility, which is up in Marana, which is basically where all the magic is made for for the morning deliveries in terms of that. But yeah, that's right at. I don't know what the address is, but it's uh, Costco Drive. I, I used to I cover the Roadrunners for a long time, and I always laugh. Adrian Denny, the play-by-play -play guy and a good friend um, who for the Roadrunners, he does this voiceover in the arena, and it's about Top Golf, and he's and he says it with so much like gusto, and it's like whatever the number is, twenty-two thirty Costco Drive, and I always laugh when I hear that because that's. I mean, let's not act like we Costco don't get a drive. little excited when Costco brings I know, up. I mean, uh, that dollar fifty hot dog deal will will be a staple of my yes. family as long as it oh, exists. Oh, there's going to be going to be riots and picketing <laughs> when that changes someday. 
or dare I say that shouldn't change someday, but. So new digs, new yeah. gig. Tell us about all the things that go into being the sports editor, sports editor at the star. You know, in a weird way, it's a throwback. You know, I'm very lucky in this, in this situation that I, I know you guys a little bit. Ben and I have known each other for a handful of years. We, we were neighbors, but yeah. even more than that, he knew me in my role that you had mentioned at, at U of A as the director of student media. I came up through that department as a student 20 something years ago. And so the concept of, and I, it's a different world, obviously, it's a different ball game doing it at this level and, and with the you know, rabid readership that, that we can have at times, both good and, and you know, ones that wanna pick it and you know, tear down us for things that, that end up in the paper or, or online. But the reality was this is something that for me, um, I feel like in a weird way, this was something that I've been working toward 20 something years ago, you know, as a sports reporter on campus covering U of A sports here in town, sports editor of the Wildcat, editor in chief of the Wildcat, and then went out to the, to the big kid world and covered sports for many, many years and, um, and eventually got away from it, covered news, covered education, became an editor, became a, a different newsroom leadership roles and, and then ended up back here at U of A. And so I thought, okay, this, this will never come back full circle. I mean, when I was, you know, when I was in school 20 something years ago, this was the dream job. And I feel really lucky. And, and that's the only word It's just lucky. I mean, I think I've done well for myself to put myself in the right position. But at the same time, like luck is timing, it's who you who you get involved with and how they trust you to handle things and all that. And so I feel really lucky that I've been trusted with this opportunity, like I said, that I could only dream of 20 something years ago. So in terms of, of what it is, it's, um, you know, anybody who thinks that media has changed dramatically over time, they're right, but also things haven't changed. There is a, especially in a city like this, a hard line desire for every ounce of information humanly possible about the teams and entities that they care about. And sometimes it's not pretty, and sometimes it's amazing. You know, we just got done sending uh, Bruce Pascoe, who's been here for decades, to the Middle East to cover the U of A men's basketball team. And we get people in our newsroom even asking, how can you afford that? And I'm, my argument is, how can we not? You know, the, the amount of connection he's able to build, not just with Tommy Lloyd and the players to cover them in a way, but tell stories that no one else in the world is going to have about this team uh, makes it a steal if we really look at the bottoms to, you know, pennies to dollars of doing that in a difficult industry. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of decisions like that. I'm lucky I've got an insanely good staff that have all been around a while. So, so my goal and my, why I'm a good fit for this role is I'm not handholding or babysitting. They don't need that. I'm, I'm able to look long-term and, and strategize for where we're going to be, you know, not just six months from now, but two, three, four years from now in terms of of uh, a publication and, and a sports department that hopefully is growing in terms of our audience rather than um, than what you know I think the public perception is, which is that things are shrinking and contracting a little bit. Something you just touched on that struck a chord with me. Uh, back in my day of, of journalism in the early 2000s, we got one-on-one -on -one sit downs to three major yeah. local television stations with Lute Olson. And we each had a half an hour with Lute every Monday. Um, and that was, just ridiculous I mean, access. Here I am, a, like a sophomore <laughs> and a junior in college, and was was a student working with you know Ryan Finley and people that we know in this town. Ryan was the sports editor until December, so his departure for his his hometown publication in San Diego at the San Diego Union Tribune is kind of what opened up the whole gates to all this sort of rolling down the road this these last nine months. But um, but Ryan and I, as students, we we, we look back on this all the time. And it wasn't just one on ones. It was this, it was exactly what you're talking about, but open practices. You could just hang out in McHale and eat lunch and watch right. the men's basketball team practice. I mean, things that, not just open practices, like the doors were unlocked. 
Like it was, I mean, you worked in Mikhail Bender for yeah. a long time. Like it was completely different mindset. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I understand why things evolve and change. Um, but it's still sometimes like we have to get really creative with how to get that access you're talking about, Eric. And, and it's necessary. And it's not just because we want to feel like we're in the know and have access, but we want to be able to provide that access to an audience that's clamoring for it. And so you're right, like that part has changed so much. Yeah, and how powerful having a guy like Bruce now having that relationship with the basketball, the men's program. Um, and, you know, Michael Lev has a number of great relationships in the community as well. And Justin Spears, obviously, your whole staff is, yeah. has done a really good job from high school all the way up establishing those relationships. But in an age of immediate information, correct information is so important. And when you know you have an in, like we all know Bruce does now, and knowing that he can just text Tommy. And say, well, and it's, you know. it's hard because, you know, and I don't want to over, over open the, uh, the, the war chest, for lack of a better word. But, you know, because Bruce did his job, whether people agree with how it was covered or not is not what I'm getting at. But because Bruce dove into the news elements of what happened a half dozen years ago with the OVA men's basketball program, um, it kind of put him on the outs a little bit. And he had to work that much harder. Um, I don't want to speak for him. I'm just saying on the more, most general ways. And so I think, you know, in a situation like this, when we're talking about not just the immediate value, I mean, he wrote 26 stories in 11 days and the, the turnaround of, of being able to do that and, and information no one else, like I said, can, can have. He's also using that to build relationships with people in that program that are new from, you know, the last era to now. And that's important too, because he's trying to, I don't say start over, but you know, it's, it's a new era for him also. And so to your exact point, he's able to go and, and build these things. And I, you know, again, pulling the curtain back, you know, there was, there was one thing, um, and it was, it was chronicled, um, about, uh, um, KJ Lewis, KJ Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> so KJ Lewis, um, practiced, but you know, wasn't a hundred percent. And that's why they decided to hold him out. Well, Bruce, Bruce asked, this is, this is not reported, but Bruce asked Tommy Lloyd about it. And you know, Tommy pushed back at him and he kind of he kind of gave him some gruff and he said something like I need to get away from the media and Bruce like I'm the only media here and he goes well and he turned and walked away <laughs> you know this was, in the, this was in the middle of Israel and like Bruce had been hanging around the whole time and so he he's so good at just knowing like look sometimes I'm gonna have to poke and yeah. I think the people around him understand that and and get it and uh, I I hope he keeps doing this for a long long time because we're all we're all lucky for it me and my job but also the city of Tucson is lucky for it to have that kind of just comprehension of everything going on. And I think the most telling thing about Bruce's coverage on this particular trip, and if anybody wants to read it, it's tucson.com slash Pasco, P-A-S-C-O-E, that's Bruce's last name, tucson.com slash Pasco is where all of it's collected. Um, the most and it's really part, good. Well, Pardon my interruption. It isn't about basketball. Yeah, it's it's great coverage. Bruce is a is a person who writes about people and writes about, but yet happens to also understand numbers and be you know have an accounting background by trade and all these these things. And so he's so good at it, and I'm so glad for him he got to do it. Um, I hope he should be when at the point that we're recording this, he's still I think trekking back to Tucson. He's about a day behind, <laughs> day and a half behind everyone else. I think he was trying to get to Dubai. Um, just for a day for himself to, I'm not sure he got that because he had to still do a couple of stories and things. Um, but man, he, tough boss. No, he, hey, I tell him, hey, how much time do you need? He's, I got to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, it's Bruce. But he, uh, he was going to try and go snowboarding in a shopping mall in Dubai. You know, as one does. As one does. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, here's, here's the deal, Bruce. I'm like, when you get there, I want you to go up to someone and, you know, if they speak English, great, and offer them $50 US cash 
to record you snowboarding on their phone. They don't need to touch your phone and then send it to you and I will reimburse you when you get home because I want that video. And <laughs> don't so, we all? I don't know if it's happened yet, but if so there's if video, we're gonna be Bruce, looking for that on there's video of Bruce snowboarding <laughs> in a shopping mall, we're gonna have it in the next couple of days. To the Wildcast. Yeah. So, I mean, you touched on that and just that sort of relationship, that sort of experience and why that was important to you is why, even though we don't necessarily get it in our driveway, it's all mostly online and at our fingertips, local journalism is so important. It is, and, and it goes beyond the star. I mean, it, it's even to the degree of what you guys are doing with this podcast, it's all information-based. And yes, I think there's a difference between, you know, doing things to promote a brand or an entity and journalism, but at the same time, it all fits in the same mindscape of, of information at people's fingertips. And we're, we're lucky in one sense that um, through various reasons, some of them are, are expats of the star, but there are more news sources today in Tucson and some are small and some are fledgling and developing and growing and evolving overnight. But there are more news sources in Tucson today than there probably was 10 years ago. You look at 2008 when the citizen shut down, it was probably the darkest point in terms of the number of outlets that existed. And little by little, kind of these, these smaller startup entities and people putting their blood, sweat, tears and their own money into stuff uh, to get off the ground. And so I, I don't look at it as um, we're the star, we've been around 150 years, we're bigger and better. I look at it as we're lucky. I'm lucky I work for an organization that's been around. There's parts of working for an organization that big and nationwide that isn't lucky. You know, it's tough to deal with. But I think from a city standpoint, we're lucky we have the people that care about it. It's just a matter of whether or not it can continue to be funded at the point it needs to. And that's people subscribing. That's um, being uh, members in some of the cases of some of the organizations. That's being donors for the ones that are nonprofits. It's, it's finding little bits and pieces and, and allowing us to accept that uh, it's not the way it was before, but there's still a lot of really incredible journalists and information out there that's accessible. And, and, uh, and so I think in that respect, Tucson is, is growing from a journalistic standpoint. And so with you personally, if you had to have kind of your Brett Star Sports mission statement, what are you really hoping to bring to that position? I want to, I don't want to change how Michael Lev, Bruce Pascoe, Justin Spears, or PJ Brown does what they do. They're all really incredible in their own way. Um, and, the, and we talk about relationships. We didn't mention PJ and what yeah. she's been oh, able to build. I mean, with our I mean to do what team. she's done for the last eight years, mostly in a freelance role, which a lot of readers don't really know or understand what that is because it was like she was a full-time employee that essentially got the star to buy into hiring her full-time which doesn't happen in this industry because she proved value of that beat. And, and obviously it, it was part and parcel and correlated with the rise and the success of Adia Barnes's program. Um, but to that connection, she has that too with that program we're talking about with Bruce and Michael with football and Justin with everyone. I mean, we've all done Justin's radio shows and know the presence he has in this town. But my goal is not to change them, but at the same time, it's to push uniqueness. Like I have a lot of respect for not just the, the sort of straight and narrow journalism outlets that we talk about, but some of these, you know, I don't, I, this, I don't want this to sound like a negative word because I don't know what the better word for it is, but the fan sites that cover U of A sports in town in particular. You know, if we look at uh, Wildcat Authority and um, uh, Goazy Cats and um, Desert Swarm and, and even from a journalistic standpoint, um, I've talked about this in the past, uh, um, All Sports Tucson and some of these groups Yes, we're all competitors and, and in, that's okay. So in some respects, I just want to make sure we're doing something new and unique. If, if we're covering a U of A football game, I want to be cautious that we're not just spitting out the exact same game story that everyone else is. 
or, or that one of the others is. In a perfect world, everyone would have something different and we as consumers could then read all of them or decide which ones we want to pay to subscribe to or become members of or whatever. And so that, that's my big long-term goal is ensuring whatever platform we're talking about, whether it's print, whether it's written stories online, whether it's video, whether it's um, podcasts or video casts like this or, or fan engagement type situations, it's making sure that we are providing something that people can't get somewhere else. And again, it goes back, not to rehash this, but why we sent Bruce on this trip was we, we, we did get some grant money to help cover the cost of it. And, and uh, but the reality of it was, is, you know, the investment was tied to making sure that we're doing things that people can't get anywhere else, because the reality is we need to provide value for subscribers, provide value for the people who don't subscribe to hopefully convince them that it's a value they want to spend money on at some point. And if we're doing the same thing, they can get anywhere else. They're not going to find that. So in the simplest terms, that's my mission for the sports department at the star is to make sure that everything we're doing is unique, has its own look and way of doing things. And then also not be, I guess, combative in the space. Like I said, I mean, I, I, it took me a second to rattle them all off, but I don't look at everyone as competitors. I, I, we are, but we also are fighting for the same end game, which is that information. And so I think there's something to be said for amplifying each other in some respects, you know, and, and that doesn't mean stealing content from each other, but making sure that, um, that we're all focused on the same thing. And I don't think there's going to be any collusion or, or sit down where all the leaders of these groups come together and say, this is the direction we're going. But the at the five same time, families. Well, if I see, <laughs> if I see something that, that Jason Shear or Javier Morales or Brian Peterson or any of these folks are putting out there and we don't have it, I'm going to share what they have. It might be social media. It might be linking to their stories, whatever. That's the breaks. So our biggest goal is to ensure that our audience and our readers trust us as the resource. And the way they keep coming back is by us not just hiding in our own pocket, in our own box and saying, well, this is what we have and that's all we're giving you. If there's something else out there, I, I'm gonna make sure they know about it. It doesn't have to just be what our team creates. Um, and then the other piece to it, um, to sum up the question or, or the answer is um, kind of making sure we're doing a, a, we mentioned the Wildcaster, which is sort of the brand we created about four or five years ago. And making sure is that the brand we wanna go forward with and, and understanding, and this kind of goes to my previous role, um, as the product development manager is understanding that almost everything in news outlets are niche products now. You know, there's not, yes, there's, you know, TV newscasts where it's the, the box of everything put together and there's newspapers where you get everything put together. But the reality is that in a newsroom, you have a digital news product, you have a sports product, you've got a lifestyle product, you've got a print newspaper, which sort of encapsulates all those, everything's a niche product. And so my other piece to this is figuring out how we make sports and the wildcaster be it is it with the app we have is it with a new venture is it something else sustainable long term on its own because there's going to continue to be ebbs and flows in this business and um i don't want someone coming in from another state who decides and that's how it works and that's how it goes but i don't want someone coming and saying you know what we need to take 20 percent off of every department if our department's producing i want to be able to prove that and how and why and so so that's the other long-term sort of outlook i have is making sure that we're doing that the right way Something you've thought through, it seems like, just the one time. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I was talking about how, how Ben and I got to interact a lot over the years, and part of my previous role, I think, set me up for this. When I, when I got the opportunity to come to the star, Jill Durden-Spitz, who was the executive editor at the time, she kind of explained it to me, and I go, so wait a minute, you're telling me this is basically like the same job I had just dealing with 40-year-olds instead of 20-year-olds. <laughs> 40-year-olds are harder to deal with, but <laughs> the, the kids are great. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, the reality of it was is uh, I, think, I think it's something that I've sort of set myself up to understand. So, you know, the reality is that I'm probably not the best 
wordsmith sports editor in the history of the world. But we've got a good staff that doesn't need a ton of that. You know, there might be things I miss, but the reality is I think what I'm good at is kind of seeing how to build a long-term outlook for this stuff. And, and uh, knock on wood, we, we pull it off, maybe. I am absolutely remiss that I didn't mention PJ earlier. If you are a fan of anything in women's athletics, that woman is on top of it, especially women's basketball. Yeah. She is on the inside. She devours stuff like that. Over the summer, she was, I think, on a personal vacation, still took in a WNBA game just because she loves seeing it. I think she was seeing Ari McDonald, if I remember correctly. But At Barclays. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah she, was, she was excited for that one. Yeah. I mean, the it's one of the things that I that keeps me coming back to your product is I'm well, a thanks. Tucson native. Is these people. You're an actual Tucson native? or I you're am. One of, Actual. When do we get to claim it? You're not Tucson native, no, but you're getting I, you're getting close in, in no. years. Like I was born at a hospital here in Tucson. I know. Like, so. I'm, at, I'm at I'm at 20, 23 years minus about seven living in Phoenix uh, in between. So I'll see that. So that, they're back. So I'm waiting. I'm probably what that 15, part up north got you fifteen a more bit. years until <laughs> yeah. I get to claim. Like I'm yeah. from Tucson. Like I, I used to work at hotels in the summers and even in Phoenix. And I always put the I'm from Los Angeles, but I always put I was from Tucson on my name tag. And I don't know why. But I think once I came to school here, I kind of smart I kind of man. Right? That's that why this was the place for me. So. <laughs> so you have the mission statement. You got the job. You got the new office. And oh, by the way, there's just a few things for you to talk about in the sports world here in Tucson. Now that you just have a the couple. job, uh, you couldn't ask for a better start <laughs> in terms of the tidal wave of content opportunities. With hey, I got news. a story running in the next day or so about the first practice for the. Uh, Arizona triathlon team, right? right. I mean, yeah, don't I mean, even, no, this it's great. I'm I'm excited to be able to do that. And Matt Enser and the guys over at, at the athletic department made sure I I had that on my radar. And I'm not downplaying that. It's just no, you're right. Like there's eight million things going on right now. I and, mean, and there's huge things. And then there's yeah. like stuff here that's still a big deal. So when we went through all the realignment yeah. stuff, is you're in your war room and you're talking with your staff. What's important on your whiteboard, like? What's the level of priority? Is it information now? Is it right information? Is it, are we going to put out as much as we can so we stay current? Or are we going to hold back a little bit so we're only putting out what we know is? I, I think it's the latter. And I think that's hard sometimes for people to understand when they're seeing sort of these funnels. And again, I, I named a lot of these folks before, and I think they do a great job. And I'm not trying to put any negative on what they do. But I think there are different mindsets toward how certain outlets send out information on this stuff. And a lot of them are right. And that's the hard part in the end when I'm like, we don't know that. They think this is the information and they're putting it out there and it turns out right. And so yes, they're getting lauded and they should. Um, but I also say like, just just bear with us because that's not how, that's not our way of doing it. And whether I wanted to or not, that's not how operationally our organization is gonna go. And so, so yeah, so we kind of held back a little bit on certain things just because it's, it's almost the, you know, it's the measure four times, cut once mentality. And, um, and I'm glad we're like that, but at the same time, it makes it hard when everything is going at such warp speed like it was that, I guess those two weeks. I mean, I laughed. Justin Spears and I went to Las Vegas for Pac-12 Football Media Day on a Friday. Two weeks to the day, the conference basically doesn't exist. And we're like, wait a minute, this is, this is nuts, like how fast this actually went down. And it wasn't that fast. Obviously, it was something that had been thought of and in the works and developed and all, all the discussions about it, whether it's Brett Yormark's idea of how he wanted to eventually expand the Big 12, whether it's George Klyovkov figuring out, okay, what options do we have and what's the right move and what presidents are pushing back at him for deals in the Pac-12, whatever it may have been, it had been going on a long time. But the most interesting part to me was when we finally got to 
all the local media got to sit in front of Dave Hickey and uh, UA President Robert Robbins. And Robbins basically said, and he goes, yeah, it was me and Dave with a bunch of whiteboards, you know, that week before, because they had planned for all the options. But once it's in front of them, it's, you know, that's when it starts to get, you know, intestinally tight. You know, you have to make a decision that's hard. And so that was the most interesting part of it, I think, from our perspective was, what's actually going into these decisions, not just what they are, but I think in order of operations, it was news first and then the why. And some people were able to do the opposite and kind of have both of it and I give them credit. And, um, but I, I think from our perspective, it was, it was that. I think on the other side of it too, um, I, and this is less about the news angle, more just my opinion. I think people have to be careful what they wish for sometimes. You know, All the years that I was coming up through school and a U of A fan living in Phoenix and wondering, and, and I'm not trying to denounce, but just the quality wasn't the greatest, the, the actual physical quality of the picture. But we used to laugh about how you kind of couldn't see players' numbers when the games were on some of the cable channels, and uh, not the national ones, but the, the regional networks. And this was before the Pac-12 network came around. I remember stuff. those Raycom broadcasts. And, <laughs> and it's like, we're like, man, if only ESPN had more Arizona games, then ESPN get, gets the contract, and then everyone's complaining about ESPN. It reminds me of what happened with the Diamondbacks last week. They wear their throwback purple uniforms from the first couple of years, and all the players are like, we want to go back to this. We love this. What's old is new again, and it always cycles. So I hear people talking right now about the Pac-12. and like, yeah, I've been to the Bay Area, and I've been to the Northwest, and we've been to L.A. Let's try some of these new cities. And I'm not doing what some folks, even folks in my organization, have done and calling out the cities in the Midwest or anything. But I'm saying I think five, six, seven years from now, people are going to miss those Palo Alto, Berkeley trips, and they're going to miss Corvallis and Eugene, and they're going to miss Seattle and Pullman. And I'm someone who almost moved to Pullman six, seven years ago for a job at Washington State. And I, I think about like, man, like it's, that's, that's kind of done. But I, I have a hunch it's all going to come full circle again. And the regionalization, especially away from men's basketball, women's basketball, and football, is going to become a necessity on that standpoint. So I think everybody just has to be a little bit patient. And the hardest people from that standpoint who I feel the most for are the athletes. They don't have time to be patient. They've got four or five years to figure this out for themselves. And, but I think four or five years from now, from now we're all going to see a completely different way that this shaped out. And Robbins even said it that day um, in front of the local media. He goes, I don't know if we'll be in the Big 12 five, six years from now. It's not exactly how we worded it, but that was the gist because it might all be such a different look, um, which 45 years ago or 100 and however many years ago that the – 45 years ago, the Arizona ASU joined what was then the Pac-8, and 100-something years ago when the conference was formed, I don't think everybody would think five-year increments. But that's kind of what we're looking at now. So short answer to, your, to my long answer to your, your very clear question was, I, I think waiting to let some dust settle was important to us. Um, but we now have the next year to cover all that. Not that we're going to wait. I mean, we have plans every month, every, you know, not every week, but close to it for the next 11 and a half months before the first games at Big 12 play to come in to really look back at the Pac-12. PJ is working on a story right now that I cannot wait for. I'm dying for to hear the story. You know, we talk about Pac-12 network and the problems with it. The Pac-12 network is actually really great when you just look at the product itself. The bummer has just been how many people actually get it. And I've always been a defender saying anyone can get it who wants it, more or less. It's just, it's competing with, oh, well, DirecTV has NFL Sunday ticket but not Pac-12, so people are balancing that and other things. But the reality of it is the quality of the product, I don't think we're ever going to see that at a conference level ever again, as good as the Pac-12 network was. And the, Larry the spent talent, a lot of money. <laughs> well, the talent, the host, the quality of the actual programming, the, the amount of programming, of that's what sports. I think I'm nervous about and going to yeah. miss, you know, that, yeah, okay, ESPN Plus and the Big 12 Now component of, of especially for the non 
the Olympic sports and non-revenue sports, but there was there were a lot of times where I, I did the old school flipping through the dial and saw things on Pac-12 Network, a retrospective on Dick Tomey or a game from three years ago, which again, yes, they're just trying to fill spots in the middle of April. But um, but the reality was it was it was pretty great and it has been. So PJ is working on kind of a we hardly knew you kind of piece about how good the Pac-12 Network really is and and what it what the next year is going to be like for the folks involved there and and then what after that and uh, I can't I can't wait for that too. It's really interesting. I'm looking forward to that because <clears throat> I think all three of at this all three of us at this table probably at some point worked for different organizations in McHale. Uh, with their broadcast teams, just picking up jobs here and there, you know, being a runner or Red Hat, whatever it might be. And the talent is such an interesting piece. I mean, you go through Anne Marie Anderson, Kate Scott, who's now the voice of the yeah. Phil, of uh, Philadelphia and the Sixers, Ted Robinson, Casey Jacobson, Matt Mulebach, these people who Mike are... Mike Yam on NFL yeah. Network. And, I mean, and, these, and, these and, people and, are and good. Down, down to yeah. Ashley Adamson and Yogi Roth, who are the best, literally, at what they do. I'm no hyperbole, like... They are going to get snapped snapped up by a network, be it a, a conference network or or a national network, in about eight seconds. Yeah, Darren which is Sutton. our loss because yeah. we're not going to see them every day. Yeah, Darren so. Sutton was an MLB broadcaster. Yeah. I mean, this is we got people who are professional level experience doing your regional games, and it, it really did bring Darren uh, Sutton was the was the first uh, oh, shoot the 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 play by play guy for the Orioles who had the little dust up with the organization last week. Uh, Darren Sutton was the first one to, to go through yeah. that with the Diamondbacks. All, all over a suit. All over, it was a suit versus a polo. Yeah, I mean, when, when sports were that simple. Speaking oh. of clothing, <laughs> I wanted to bring this up to Ben, so I hope I'm okay. If you guys have to cut this out no, of here, that's good. fine. But Ben's gonna edit I, it. So something I really love around. that when we talk about the evolution of things is one of the conversations I'll never forget you and I had, and I don't think you were happy with me, and I get it, and I got it that day, um, but I appreciated you calling me was over so the Wildcat students wanted to do something kind of fun, and they had an advertiser that came to them and said, we want to do something different and unique. And so they made a poster. And I'm not, you know, my job as the advisor was not to tell them what to do or not, but was to tell them if it can be done and if there's any pitfalls. And so they made this poster, and it had these four letters on it. And it's the same four letters that have been on the T-shirts that Tommy Lloyd's been oh, wearing. Yeah. And so they, this poster kind of gets made and, and gets sponsored, and somehow it kind of leaks out. Uh, I think one of our ad reps told a client who got really mad. Do I say what the letters are? Is no, I'll say, I'll say it so you don't have yeah. to. Um, you know, here in Arizona, our, our war cry is bear down. Um, so Tommy Lloyd's been wearing a, a sort of ACDC throwback one that says BTFD. And I'll let you do the math on that one at home. Um, but yeah. it's an acronym. The um, B and the D we know. Yeah, the, bear down we got. The T means the. So, yeah. yeah. So, so bear the insert your but, own. But what, what's what I love about the evolution of what we do is that I can totally understand why, and I don't think it was Ben necessarily, but Ben had to call me and basically be like, "Hey, this can't go out." You know, there's yeah. branding issues, there's all this stuff because that was his role at U of A in, in some respects to protect that, and and uh, and he had I'm certain trademarks and licensing, you know, banging his office door down. And, and then you get to today and Tommy's wearing the shirts. And so I'll go on Twitter and be a little sarcastic, but I actually mean it. Like, I'm really glad that like, you know, I don't think this is necessarily the thing that's gonna change the world, but one of the top two or three highest paid employees in the state of Arizona, he puts the shirt on, people are like, okay. It's fine. You know, yeah, <laughs> and so I like seeing personalities that are, that are willing to sit there and kind of, you know, break those doors down. So I- yeah, Things change. Well, things no, and I, never, and I never put that on you, oh, but no, I, just, no, no. I just laugh that like, you know, man, we were just five years too early or six years too I early know, for yeah, that. Yeah, you know, you if it would have happened today, yeah. Tom, Tommy would have endorsed it himself. And 
and probably been out there and stuff. But it's he's either he's either wearing that shirt or the cactus logo shirt was also which was also a big faux pas back in the day. And you now know, it's we were everywhere. Instructed to from licensing to stay away from that cactus logo. Which being a native always rubbed me wrong because we loved that logo. And I think yeah. it's made a comeback now. And, yes. And uh, the folks on campus are a lot more relaxed about having it around. But uh, I love hearing stories like this. This is a great point on the pod because, <laughs> you know, I, I say to my kids all the time, I've got a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 16-year-old. I'm like, drop the world normal from your vocabulary. There's no longer a normal. Remember like when we were all saying, oh, it's the new normal after COVID yeah. or it's the new normal of college athletics or college football. Or college. It's just not going to exist. Well, and, it, and, and Jed Fish had the quote of the year. And I don't necessarily agree with everything that Fish has said about the topic, but about moving to the Big 12 and things like that. I'm not against the move for U of A athletics or any of the teams that are moving to the Big 12 or the Big 10. But I do care about what happens as, some, as a West Coast person, what happens to Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. Like I do want... I do care about that. I care about if there's a merging with the Mountain West that San Jose State's going to get left out. Like, there's a lot of, like, why? We why care about the Mountain West. Perhaps we're we're yeah, big fans of the Mountain absolutely. West. Absolutely. So, so why? <laughs> I, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of what I said. As I look at it as a, 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 a Nevada Wolfpack gigantic yeah. poster, you know, on the wall. A fathead sized yeah. poster. But, yeah, no, it, it's exactly, that's exactly the point. And so I, I, I think he had a great point, though, when he said, like, I tell our kids now, this is Fish talking to his players, that you know, you guys, you guys have been through one monumental change after another as college athletes. You lived through COVID and how to deal with that as an athlete. Not not just no fans in the stands, but just dealing with it and getting back to playing. You've dealt with the concept of NIL and the opening of transfer portals. I mean, that's Herculean from a college athletic standpoint. And now you're dealing with this conference realignment craziness. You know, they're they're literally this this current group is at the forefront of more change in college athletics than we've probably seen in a century. And, uh, and he's right about that. And I think that's kind of neat. And if these, I hope these young people, um, these young adults, I, I say kids, and I, I know it's considered pejorative sometimes. I don't mean it that way. I say it because they're bright-eyed and still looking at the world differently than we do without as much angst probably. But I hope that they at least recognize um, that part of it, even though I know it's not as easy as pie and the arguments that, oh, they're getting a scholarship. Everything's great. Like, it's not that simple. But they, I hope they at least see the, 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 the kind of, you know, cultural change that they're at the forefront of for all these sports, not just football, but for everything. It's going to keep coming. I mean, yeah. to look at the playoff itself, like we were all like, oh, my gosh, it's 12 teams now. But that's going to have to change. Well, like it's, once, it's, it's, once all the dust settles on what the power conferences are, there's still five right. or there's still, you know, these, these folks get in an automatic qualifier like. Does the Mountain West, or are they still group of five if they add the four remaining packed schools? So what like, do we have to do to make the Arizona Bowl like a semifinal? No. Right, we are there every day. You want to know your war room? That's ours. Yeah. Um, always looking to get bigger and better. We literally had this conversation as a staff last week, last week uh, about where we're hoping to go. But um, a guy you watched a lot, and as we are all big fans of here in Tucson, Bijan Robinson, mm-hmm. um, now on the on the pro level, and I don't know if you saw his first run, but it was so Bijan-esque, <laughs> like, you know, made a linebacker look pretty silly for a 12-yard game. Uh, what do you expect to see from him in, in his rookie year? I, I hope that, as weird as this sounds, and maybe this goes right hand-in-hand hand with my conservative, you know, eight wins or less approach to U of A football, but I hope they don't give him number one back carries in year one. Not because I don't think he's capable, but, but let him build into it. We're going to see exactly what we saw uh, in that preseason game. I mean, he had four carries for 21 yards, but the four carries were all good. I mean, one of them was a lot longer than the others, but they, he, he, he looks the part from day one, but they've still got 
um, you know, Cordell Patterson and some of these other guys, they don't have to give him every single carry all year and turn him into, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, on day one and burn him out in three years. So, yeah, I mean, the so I'm, hoping, I'm hoping they don't yeah. and that they recognize what they have with the rest of their guys. Um, but I think he's going to be electric. And it always amazes me how players like that, we can see them in high school here and they can be as electric as it gets. I always talk about this, the, the number one, my favorite piece of, of sports content, you know, not story, but sports content the star has ever produced was Justin Spears sitting by, by the end zone when Bijan Robinson just decides without bending his knees to just step <laughs> over a guy <laughs> and has it on video from eight feet yeah. away. And it's just like, wait, we could see him do that in high school. We could see what he was capable of at Texas. To see players go to the professional level, we've seen it with basketball players here. Yeah. You know, Aaron Gordon is a good one that I think of. Like, Aaron Gordon was good, but... You know, he was really good. I'm not not knocking him at all when he was with U of A basketball, but certain things he does at the next level, and he's not a 25-a-game player, but, like, there are things I'm like, wow, I did not think he could do these things. Or, you know, and there's plenty others, and especially in, in at Major League Baseball, too. Uh, Chase Silseth with the yeah. Angels. Like, I didn't think he – I thought he was good. I didn't think he could be a Major League pitcher, yeah. you know, top four of the rotation. Um, but he's proving that. And I think with Robinson, he's going to, to rise to that occasion, too, where it's, it's kind of – I don't know why I'm surprised by it, but it surprises me to see – really good athletes get great and yeah. and he's there and he's going to be there and uh i'm excited for my fantasy football teams they're all they're all <laughs> named after him we have these are all courtesy of justin spears we have uh um bed bath and bijan we have um obijan kenobi and then the last one was little bijan and the east side boys i think was the one justin threw at me so i have a very important fantasy football question then what does the loser in the daily star league have to do we don't have a league we should, but we don't have one. Yeah, you should. That's kind of crazy. All right, boss. That's number that. one on the board coming yeah, back. Yeah, I've got right a there. job to do oh in this next 30 minutes when I get back to the You guys are the, the uh, and I'm using starts. air quotes in front of the experts. You got you know, to put that together. Um, and, and speaking of Bijan, we got to see him in high school. Yeah. It's one of the things that you guys do really well at the Star is cover the high school scene here. How important is is it to you to keep that going? It's very important. It's hard. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, anybody who hears this, who subscribes to us or, or reads us, I, I want to know it. Want them to know it's, it's getting harder um, in part because we do have fewer people on our staff, on the sports staff than we had the last couple of years. Um, we're trying to get more creative with how we do it. The reality of it is from a readership standpoint, we have started seeing, and I know this might sound crazy to the diehards, but um, there's not a huge hankering for game recaps on Friday nights anymore. There's a little, I mean, there's definitely people that go and look for them and read them, but from our standpoint, um, we wanna do less of that and more of the stories behind those. There's some stories right now that are really great. The start of the season for Sabino um, last week and, and their potential title run. No Tucson team has won a title since 2015, I think, I think it was Bushridge. And Sabino can, CDO can, they lost in overtime last year um, in, the, uh, in the state playoffs in the championship game. Um, they, what's been going on with Marana High School and their field basically disintegrating in front of their eyes last week during the storms. Um, and Javier, I mentioned other people in town, Javier Morales and Andy Morales from All Sports Tucson did a great job covering this. Um, and we're gonna follow it up, but they, they were definitely on it first about Sal Point, who Marana plays this week, going their team going to Marana and helping them mm -hmm. fix the field. I mean, there's yeah, stuff like cool. that. To me, there's stories about who's going to rise up the charts in terms of college recruiting and things like that, that are, I don't want to say more important than the Friday night score, 
Um, but from our standpoint that I think we can do a better job at than necessarily sending a half dozen people to a, a couple of games on Friday nights. And so we're still going to send people out there, but the goal is going to be to look ahead and what's the next story we're going to get and, you know, more things like having people ready. And it, yes, it's cell phone cameras, but the quality is pretty decent these days. Having people ready to get those videos like Justin got of Bijan that we were talking about and making sure we still have photogs at games and things that go beyond just writing a traditional recap. And I'll, I'm not going to lie, it's hard for me because my first few years in this business, that was my job, was covering high school sports and being at Friday nights. And I remember going, this is credit to the U of A uh, SIDs of yesteryear. So so um, Tom Duddleston and Rich Page and the group that was around when I was in school. But um, they were hard on us, but they gave us everything we needed. And my first job in Phoenix um, was covering high school sports. And I still think my bosses were trying to play a joke on me. They sent me to, to Maricopa, which now is a big school. It's where Jacob Cowan came from. Yep. Um, went to UTEP from there and then came here. Um, but back then, it was still growing almost faster than it could find shoes for itself. And that, you know, as analogy as kids grow. And so they send me out there, and I'm thinking, all right, I'll cover this high school football game. I've covered a couple of games in the past. Everything's fine. And after the game, I'm, or mid probably, probably halftime, I'm like, all right, I'm going to see if I can find some stats. No stats. There's no, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it was it was semi-rural. You know, not the greatest stadium, not the greatest field, but you know, 22 players out there, you know, blasting into each other. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, they're going to hand me stat sheets, and we're going to get cookies at halftime, and all the cool <laughs> stuff we get from Arizona Stadium and McHale. It was it was an, a, an awakening, and so I, I I'm glad I got to experience that, and I did it for many 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 years, and. And even after I moved down here and was working at U of A, I was still doing Friday nights for the Phoenix papers down here because they need people to do something. And um, I think changing from that is a little hard, but I think it's going to turn out in the long run better. So we're working on building our Wednesday sports section to have a really, really big high school presence. Um, lots of schools, lots of different kids' names, um, specifically for football to start. And, and that'll be weekly. And then every uh, other week, once we get a couple weeks into the season, um, we'll have another sort of what we call module setup um, for the other fall sports for high schools. And then we're actually going to be doing one for, for Pima College Athletics. You know, Ray Suarez over there yeah. does an amazing job um, as their SID. Um, he and I went to Lynch last week, and I, I said to him, I go, look, you know, I don't have the staff to staff every Pima game, but you got information, and you do as good a job as anyone in this city of getting it out there. Get in front of me. We're going to find a way to get it out to the world. And we're still working on how, but one of those ways is kind of ensuring that, um, not that, Kids who aren't from Tucson don't deserve as much credit, but especially if they're locals to Tucson. I mean, my guess is, and, and Ray would know the exact number, but if half of Pima's athletes are, semi, are local or semi-local from the Southern Arizona region, that's an extension of their high school careers. And I don't mean that in a disparagement way. I mean in terms of their families and the people who want to read about that. And so we need to do a better job at that. So that's going to be a focus, too, to make sure that we're on top of all that. In addition to Justin being a football beat writer, Bruce covering men's basketball, PJ women's basketball, and Lev is now in a new sort of senior writer columnist role. Um, still Greg Hansen around, so I mean, there's, there's a lot of positives, but we, we, uh, we've got work to do in terms of making sure that we kind of hold on to that with high schools and, and the true local scene. Man, such great information. You, you're, we're gonna have to have you back to keep talking about this stuff. And check talk, on your. I talk too much. So. <laughs> no, it's great. And check on your eight wins, and uh, you know, in December we'll see how we're, see how we're sitting. We'll talk a little Arizona Bowl. Um, tell our listeners where they can find all things Daily Star. So uh, Arizona Daily Star, we would love you to subscribe. If you don't feel like getting it on your doorstep, totally okay. Really good deals right now. Um, go to Tucson.com. All things 
sports for the Daily Star, tucson.com slash wildcats. Download the Wildcaster app. Um, and then, uh, so all the social media platforms, specifically right now, X or Twitter, Justin Spears is at Justin Esports. Uh, Michael Lev is on there, uh, PJ Brown. Uh, Bruce Pasco is Bruce's stuff from du Dubai, United Arab Emirates, and I mean Dubai and Abu Dhabi and Israel is amazing from the last couple of weeks. So check that out. But yeah, Tucson.com/wildcats is the, the easiest spot for everything, including the other local stuff. We banner it under the Wildcats banner because it's kind of the centerpiece of the city. But reality is that's our home for all things sports. Awesome. He's Brett Fair. We are Squid Cakes, and we'll see you right after the break. Welcome back to Squib Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. Man, I love hearing from people in the know, and especially today's informational world. Great hearing from the actual source that always quotes sources, and great to hear how many people he has on staff really getting down to the truth of a lot of these things floating around. You know, people here in this community are really lucky to have the resources that the Arizona Daily Star employs to, to cover local sports scenes. Obviously, the Arizona Wildcats are a big part of that, but um, other things too. Brett and his team do a great job of, of getting in-depth information and, and features out to the to the public here. Yeah, and, and you don't have to get it on your front porch anymore. It's, it's available at your fingertips right now, and they always have great content. So thanks, Brett, so much. Um, I'm sure he might be one of those guys that comes back later. I especially want to follow up on his Arizona having eight or nine wins <laughs> conversation. <laughs> that would be a good follow up. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we had a nice conversation after we were done recording. We probably could have let it keep keep recording and had like an extended, you know, director's cut version. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to get into squib kits, the deep cuts. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so super exciting. Uh, as always, man, it's football season. We talked about this at the top of the pod. Um, with that comes all the great things that we do here at the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Um, make sure you get involved in our Pick'em versus Pros contest. You can pick against one of our bowl ambassadors. Uh, a couple of guys who, you know, played in a bunch of Super Bowls and have some rings bigger than my face. Um, really exciting, the weekly Pick'em. Pick the teams you think are going to win from the lineup of 10 Mountain West and Mac games. Um, you'll have a chance to win a bowl prize pack. Always cool stuff in there. Let me tell you, when we have gear, Ben and I are fortunate to have a lot of gear. People say stuff to me all the time. like, oh, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? It's in demand. Um, it is in demand. Yeah. And so you can win it and have it uh, just what only a few people have this stuff. It can be yours. The two highest point scores will win a VIP bowl package, including a night at one of our local resorts. So keep playing. This is going to start week one. Uh, this coming Saturday will be week zero. So we're not starting... So essentially a week from Saturday will be our first contest uh, weekend football. Uh, you can always find more information on our awesome website, thearizonabowl.com, T-H-E, ArizonaBowl.com. Man, we covered a lot. It's so much fun to be back in football times and doing these things. The pickums, the interviews, the trips, the fo it's just time. Are you ready for some football? Like it says on Monday I'm ready. night. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems <laughs> like when the, whenever we announce the kickoff luncheon, like whenever that is set, it's like... You know, a rocket ship blasting off. It's like, here we go. Enjoy the ride. It's go time. Yeah, exactly. I just had that, you know, the Apollo 13 in my head. Are we a go, no go for the kickoff lunch? <laughs> go, no go. Ops, yes. Ops, speaker, go. Yes. Or a go. Or a go, Frank. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, thanks to Brett Fair from the Arizona Daily Star. Check him out and all the socials he mentioned. 
Um, and of course, we have our socials here at the, at the Barstool Sports Arizona Ball. You can follow along with all of our weekly awards. We do a high school player of the week as well. Um, and in Friday Night Lights, you don't want to miss. We take our giant helmet out all over Southern Arizona. It's a huge hit. The communities love it. Uh, we're already in the midst of that. It's rolling. It's fun. It's awesome. So look for us at a high school near you. Uh, that's it for me, Ben. Anything else? No, that's it. Just a reminder, get your kickoff luncheon tickets today. Those are on sale now, and you can get those at the thearizonabowl.com. That's right. All right. We got football. We got fun. All the things coming up, but we got football. All right. That's it for Squib Kicks. We'll see you in episode 12. See ya. See ya.